0: Hello and welcome to Hometown Glory. For our 30th episode of Season 2, we have a full house. It's a coised miracle on a par with Tottenham Hotspur claiming a clean sheet. I'm Charlie and I'm positively giddy to be joined by Ash, Billy, Rosa and Tom. We'll be looking at the unseemly scrap for Europa League football, assessing Ryan Mason's rollercoaster first few games in temporary charge, wondering if Harry Kane is okay, nervously assessing the latest in Spurs women's battle against the drop and of course handing over a lovely set of culture picks. Um, But we start still in the very light afterglow of one of the less thrilling victories any of us will ever likely watch at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, but after Anfield, a very welcome victory over Crystal Palace nevertheless. Ash, we're a few games into Ryan Mason's temporary spell in charge of Tottenham Hotspur, or maybe it'll be more. We'll look into that a bit later. How are you feeling about the first three games under Ryan? um it's quite hard to make sense of them because
1: i feel like we were in the stellini hangover period for the first two um and this was like the first chance uh to see like a full week of like like the team under like mason so it's hard to assess i, I will say this like it was one of the most boring games um, i've ever <laughs> been to and um i was just desperate to get out of my seat at halftime um it was were you so, so desperate hard. to get out that you actually missed the goal Oh no 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 I saw the goal. Right. I don't I don't I'm not a usually I don't leave early at half time and the only time I did leave early at half time I saw I saw Billy for the first time in my life. Um which, so yeah, maybe I should leave at half time more often.
0: Good things clearly happen when you do uh, stop watching Spurs. Perhaps a lesson for us all. Um in terms of I think we've seen players talk about they had a full game, full, sorry, a full week to prepare. Um, The week before was just sort of chaos with United and Liverpool, such quick succession. Tom, were you kind of happy with what we saw in terms of they're actually looking like a bit of a tactical rejig, a bit of a plan, some sort of slightly intelligent stuff going on, certainly compared to what we've been used to under Stellini?
2: Well, firstly, I feel bad because I took a friend who's a Plymouth uh, City fan to the game um to the palace game and obviously when you're like taking a neutral you're like please just let it be quite a fun game for them uh and uh palace had been free scoring until then and it was genuinely one of the worst games i've sat through but after the chaos of newcastle united and liverpool where it just no one seemed to have a handle on what was going on really uh, I would. I totally was uh, really chuffed with a boring um, 1-0 win. We kept Palace pretty quiet. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, I, I'm finding it quite impossible to assess Mason, really. The, the United game in person at the ground was a, a lot of fun. Like, there's almost nothing more fun than a kind of draw that feels like a win. Uh, I was so miserable at half-time uh that the second half was was tons of fun. And I think, you know, he's been making some decent substitutions, but he's still got the kind of Lucas one from Liverpool to uh, uh I'm afraid uh you know in his negative in his negative books. So um that was pretty awful obviously putting Lucas on. But yeah, so it's hard to assess given the chaos. But yeah, boring one-nil win was great.
0: Um Billy, I feel like we have to come to you about for a sort of Emerson Royale heat check because not only did your man return but he returned in a new position and arguably put in a man of the match performance in a role that I think it's safe to say all of us would quite like to see him um have a little spell in, right
3: yeah I think it was just um great management to be honest for Mason like because you could see the sort of when you consider what Poro is good for like he's an amazing attacking right wing back he's not Um, you know he's not very strong defensively and Emerson is the polar opposite of that he's very good defensively not so good going forward so he's kind of solved a problem by putting them alongside each other and helping them to sort of get the best out of each other and I think because of Emerson's amazing sort of you know um, defensive solidity and a really tough opposition you know pass front three could cause problems for anyone in the league they're uh, fantastic Um, you know any defense in the league can have trouble with those um, Power was allowed to get forward and that's ultimately how he scored the goal. So yeah, I would like to see that for the rest of the last three games as well. I think that's definitely what an experiment worth trying to move. Um and I know we'll talk about Mason a lot more later, but I just think that's um, you know, that's one of the most things that I've been impressed with is he's making big calls and so far getting a lot of them right, like dropping Dyer, putting Emerson mm-hmm. right center back. These are big, big calls for a new manager to make. Um and on Saturday they paid off.
0: Um, I've been a bit mean in coming to Rosa last because obviously uh, as not even regular listeners of hometown glory, but just anyone that's maybe listened to us for about 12 seconds will know that Rosa is perhaps outside the Ryan Mason household, the biggest Ryan Mason fan going. Um, You must have been thrilled, Rosa, you were there in person, in Billy's seat, in fact, so right near the front um, in the South Stand. Uh, I feel like, we should probably just cut to the chase in terms of talking about ryan's credentials for whether or not he is a potential future full-time manager at tottenham rosa tell us why he should be because i feel like this is the this is the meat of what this podcast is going to be about tonight
4: Let's get into it. Yes, let's get real. Um, obviously, he's my number one pick. Yeah, anyone who's literally ever met me knows I am his biggest fan. I've been Ryan Mason Ultra since 2014, when I argued with various people on different Tottenham message boards and social media platforms, full out of people about him. Um, I... I think he's been doing an amazing job, to be honest. And obviously, I'm massively, massively biased. Um, But I've been really impressed. I think I can't think of another manager who has had such ridiculous starts to his managerial career. Like his first ever game in charge was a cup final. And then, second time around, he's had to deal with Manchester United at home and then Liverpool away. And actually, you're right, like the United game felt like a win. And Liverpool, you know, I know we've kind of moved on from it and we're over it. Um, It was an outrage and I'll be bitter about that game to the day I die because we should have come away from that with a draw. Um, And so Saturday was just a night, it was just a chance to cut. It felt really big for me and I, like the last time we did this pod. I think I said to everyone, you're not allowed to go to the game anymore to the stadium. It's a disgrace. We can't give these people our money. And then as soon as they put Ryan Mason in charge, I was like, Cat Billy, can I have your ticket? Um, and I loved it, man. I'm very into just kind of competent, boring, like just responsible, sensible, boring football. I feel like we needed it. I think he made, Billy's right. He made some big calls. Um not least of which, to be honest, I was quite surprised he dropped Perisic, actually, and like and kind of shifted, because that's a mm-hmm. massive change in the whole defence, actually, which has not at all worked for us anytime we've ever tried it this season. I've always felt that you can make one or two changes, but if you kind of do the whole thing, sort of wholesale, it's a disaster. Um, so to bring in Emerson and then move Romero into the centre, and then bring in Longley, I really, I thought if Davies would, was back, that's where he would play. Um but it all worked really well. Like I had the sort of first half, I had, you know, obviously a pretty good view of the defence um, and they were just all kind of on it and focused. And I wasn't really aware of the sort of tactical shifts of the game. So people said, you know, it was a sort of like a back three when we were out of possession and a back four when we were it or the other way around, I can't remember. Um, it just looked all very sort of solid and focused um, and really impressive. So... What I really loved about it as well was, I think, to me, it was, it was quite Conte-esque um, in the way it was just, there was nothing necessarily to kind of get your blood pumping. But, it, but what it did have, which I feel that we haven't seen for a really long time, was an assessment of the opposition. So mm-hmm. it was about putting players in that we thought could be effective against what is quite a sort of fast team that are going to cause this problem. So if you have someone like Emerson who put in a real shift that worked really, really well and, you know, I mean, obviously kind of da- neither Davies or Longley are, are particularly pacey, but maybe kind of pushing Davies ahead and not having Perisic because obviously he had played those two games
0: And also, I mean, fair play to Clement Longley, who I think did the second best thing he's done in a Spurs shirt after his goal against Marseille with his little rugby tap tackle to take down uh, a sort of flying Wilfred Zaha, who was about to get in behind. Like legit, I thought that was like a really clever, selfless sort of bit of defensive play that you take the booking, you potentially dislocate your shoulder, but you prevent the opposition yeah. scoring. So hats off, Clem. It's the bravest thing you've done in a Spurship.
4: Listen, let's no one ever call French people cowardly ever again. I won't hear of it. Um, just really quickly because I can see Tom wants to say something, is the one other thing that I that I thought worked really well and kind of shouldn't have worked really well was Sonny's defensive work, actually. Because again, mm. that's about putting someone fast up against their pace and That has never worked in the past. And I was quite spooked by the fact that he always seemed to be kind of the last man, like left behind on corners. Um, You don't necessarily want him as your last line of defence, but actually it worked brilliantly. I don't know if he's just kind of like you've said this before, Charlie, like, is he the one who's really, really putting a shift in for Ryan? Maybe that's true. Maybe it's tactical. I don't know. But either way, it just all seemed to work.
0: He did one amazing defensive header when Palace were about to break, I think from a corner actually, and he managed to sort of just get his head.
4: Yeah. And like, when would you have ever seen that under literally any manager? So,
0: Um, Tom, over to you.
2: I was just going to say that the Perisic call was really big, considering that Perisic was probably our best player against United and Liverpool, or at Mm. least. in the second half of both games, when we decided to play, he—I think—he's been on really good form recently, um, and get you know, he's getting loads of assists. I think Charlie, you said the other day that he's up to twelve assists now.
0: Twelve in all competitions, yeah, it's pretty good.
2: listen really, considering the kind of slow start that he had mm. and the frustrations that we felt about Perisic. Um, yeah, so I, I when he when we were in the pub before the game. Uh, Rosa and with Rosa and Charlie I was um, I was shocked when he he dropped Perisic but it worked out brilliantly and you're right he did seem to pick the team for the opposition which Mm. when you look at games like Bournemouth and uh, Newcastle just hasn't been happening (laughs)
0: Um, Here's a question Rosa is obviously very much pro Ryan in terms of him getting the job properly I don't know that the rest of us are quite there yet I'm going to go around and ask everyone: Is there anything Ash, you first, Mason can do with the next three games that would have you thinking, "Yeah, do you know what? He's my top choice. Let's get him. Let's get him properly."
1: No, nothing. There's nothing. Nothing. Do. There's nothing he <laughs> do that could convince me that he'd be the correct. Why, choice.
0: why? Why is that? Do
1: you know what's really weird? I think so much of the Mason stuff, and and I get it, but I. I Obviously, there's like an emotional attachment to him, but I feel zero emotional attachment to like Ryan Mason in any way, um, for whatever reason. Um, And yeah, I just think he should go away and sort of apply his trade elsewhere. And if he does well and comes back, I'll be really happy. But I just think this is like a really crucial moment for Spurs and I just don't want to risk it with Mason.
0: Like at this stage, that's just how I feel. Sorry, Rose. Rosa's left the podcast. Oh, she hasn't, she's still here. Um, Billy, is there anything Ryan could do for you to get on board the Rosa, the Rosa train?
3: Um, no, I don't think so. I'm in the same kind of boat as Ash, but having said that, I, do, I, I have been really impressed with some of the things that have happened so far. I think the thing for me is, is, is he's 31 and I feel like if we do it now, we kind of wasted an opportunity to have him as manager because if it goes wrong, then, you know, it's, it's such a waste of... It's basically like if you look at what happened with Lampard and Chelsea, like it was too soon... You know, Gerard he came to the Premier League too soon. I just worry that that might be the case with Mason. and um, Because he could actually go away for like t- literally 10 years and he'd still be a young manager when he came yeah. to us. He's only 30, he's 31 years old. Like, um, I've been really impressed with like, I just, I'm impressed for two reasons. One, I kind of feel like, I love the way that he talks about the club and stuff. I love that. And I love that we're having a bit of tactical innovation things. And like, um. When came was talking about how they um without the ball they were playing 4-4-2, and with the ball, um they were playing 4-3-3 with a bit more possession than what they're used to. Um I we've just been so starved of that for like three years. We've had haven't had any kind of tactical innovation at all. Um so I really like that. But for me, rather than being number one choice of our manager now, I think it's solidified the fact that I would love him to be our manager in the future when he goes somewhere else. Um so I I definitely think, you know. If he continues to act in the same way that he is doing, I think it would be great for his career. But I just don't. I think it's too soon um, to happen right now. But you know, I've been very impressed with him so far.
0: Okay, good answer, Um, Tom. Yeah, same. I'm
2: afraid. I love Ryan Mason, but I do think it's probably too soon. I think what's encouraging is he's made some brilliant subs, um, especially, and you know, he seems so smart. But, and and also actually worth mentioning, he's worked under Conte and Mourinho um, and hopefully has soaked up a lot in his time at the club. But I think what would be heartbreaking is to kind of give him the job and then him be sacked by Christmas, you mm. know, um, and to have kind of killed off his managerial career before it's even started. So I'd love him to go to the Championship or League One and come back in a few years and yeah, like Billy said, he's 31, 32, uh he's got um he's got time.
0: I think, yeah, I'm I'm similar. I d i am similar I think that I wouldn't be if there's a world in which he does get the job this summer, I'd absolutely like get behind him. I love him. I think it would be exciting on lots of levels. I think my fear is that it wouldn't force the club, particularly Levy, into actually changing. I think he would be sort of easy figure for them to voice club signings on i think the reset that we need can only really happen if they get in a sort of sporting director and a coach from outside the club who have nothing to do with tottenham and we sort of start from scratch um but there was one other question i saw someone tweet rose's got a hand up of course you get you get a right to reply here rose we've all just sort of pissed on your chips quite dramatically
4: <laughs> it's fine I was fully fully prepared for this because I know you're all dead inside um I just totally disagree with you all surprise surprise um I just think you're all being really cautious and that is just not the history of this club this we are to dare is to do man just live it and I honestly I understand I hear you all and actually this is coming from a place where I'm like 99% sure that that Ryan Mason is not gonna get the job because I don't think anybody in charge has the kind of courage and imagination to give it to him. I don't think they'll do it. Um, So I feel sort of free to say whatever and not really think too hard about the consequences. But I just feel like I wanna go for it and just be brave. And it's kind of hilarious to try to compare ourselves to like Barcelona or whatever. But do you know what, sometimes it fucking works, man. It just works. And this is not someone who has just retired from playing either. This is someone whose career was like brutally cut short. And so he's had to go away and do something completely different. He hasn't, he is 31, but he retired like several years before he should have done. And he's kind of had to spend all of that time thinking about other things and getting a completely different view of life that most footballers, to be honest, don't get. And I don't, I I don't agree with the sort of Lampard and Gerrard comparisons because maybe they just didn't have it, man. You know, maybe they just didn't have it. He couldn't cut it at this level. Like he's literally already done it and he's coached us to several wins, which actually not everybody can do because we've just seen it. We've seen Stellini not be able to do it no matter how long he'd been in the business. He couldn't do it. So and to do it at Tottenham Hotspur, with the chaos that we've been in this season, and actually every time he stepped in, it's been completely chaotic. And he's just always been able to bring a sort of a level head to the proceedings. So, you know, I am a very sentimental Tottenham fan. And that's just, that's who I am. And it's fine, like, if you're not. Um, but I just, I've got to say, like, I, do, I understand that everybody kind of wants a more known quantity, but I don't care about that. I just, I want to love, man. I just I just want to feel proud again. And that means more, like if I think, oh my God, I can't believe I just quote Liverpool fans. But, you know, like that first season when Pochettino took over, that was like one of the best times of my life. We didn't win anything. We didn't even look that good for most of the season, but we just felt good about the team and I feel like this is all just trying to not waste Harry Kane but you know what Harry we can you know we can talk about Harry Kane in a minute as well like if he wants to waste his career with us then that's his decision and I'm kind of over thinking about what to do for him and with him basically
0: well, I mean, there's some pretty encouraging noises coming out of Harry Kane uh in his latest round of quotes um yeah, he's that we saw. Yeah. Uh we are a bit concerned, Harry. Um we hope everything's okay and you've you've not something's not happened too serious. But it does seem like the maniac is sort of I mean, what what I think is probably likely to happen, and anyone can jump in and tell me that this is not it, but I feel like, you know. I think if I was him at this point, I'd probably be quite happy to do nothing this summer, particularly if United are going to blow top four and see how Spurs fare, see who we get in as manager and see how we get on next season and then be free to go to a club of my choosing next summer if Tottenham haven't done it. And then he has the complete freedom of movement to pick whoever he wants, which is, of course, completely terrifying for us as fans. And I also reckon Daniel Levy is probably happy enough to take that risk with the greatest player of the club's sort of modern era in that I don't know that Levy wants to be the guy that sold Harry Kane right now with his popularity on the floor and is probably therefore happy to give himself 12 months to ensure he's not the guy who saw Harry Kane walk on a free. Um but yeah, how, how is everyone else feeling about the sort of Kane thing? I saw there was a tweet that went around that I saw as I was coming home from work that said, if you could choose between Ryan Mason and Harry Kane or Julian Nagelsmann and no Harry Kane, what would you choose? Quick straw poll. Billy, what would you choose? Um,
3: I would go for Mason and Kane um, because, you know, I don't, Harry Kane has everything to me and always will be but um, I think in terms of the question I think Harry Kane would choose Nagelsmann over Mason personally
0: Same question Tom to you
3: Yeah I think I would I want Harry to stay so oh,
2: exactly the same answer as Billy and that I think Kane's also most likely to stay or more likely to stay if Nagel, Nagelsman comes in
0: Okay
1: Ash Probably the same, but there is a bit of me that just thinks, like, I look at Napoli and they, like, let Mertens go, who was their top scorer, and they just won the league. So just for a point of difference, I'm going to just say, like, Nagelsmann,
0: just to be different. Okay. Um Rosa, I don't know if there's much point coming to you to answer that one.
4: Yeah, you don't need to ask me, because I'm like, two good things. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, what I do want to know, actually, though, because I... Look, I didn't really, like, I haven't really spent any time watching Nagelsman's teams or anything. And I don't really, I'm, I, like, believe you guys that he's, and I believe people who are telling me that he's really good. But I'm starting to get this sort of feeling, like, he, <laughs> so without sort of, has everybody seen this week's Succession? Not, this, this is not, like, a spoiler or anything, Okay, no, right, but anyway, the whole yeah, sort of vibe, uh, yeah,
0: okay, yeah. But the sort of vibe notes.
4: of the show is like this is all a confidence trick, right? Um, it's just act act like things are going to be successful and they will be successful, and it doesn't really matter what the reality is. That's capitalism. Um, like I'm getting those vibes about Nagelsmann, to be honest, because I just feel like everyone's decided he's great, and I don't. Like, where I I just, maybe because I just haven't bothered to see the evidence, but I just, I don't see it, man, to be honest.
2: What you're saying is that people are blinded by the skateboard?
4: Maybe, maybe. It's, it's a pretty glamorous thing.
2: <laughs> I do actually get Ash's point, though, in that we are going to have to, I do get Ash's point, though, in that we are going to have to make a break from Kane at some point. So... Yeah, like, and also on the Nagelsmann point, if he went abroad, I don't think I'd mind it so much.
4: Yeah, maybe that's the plan, right? Like, in a you know, Kane sticks around, maybe in his mind, he's like, I'll stick around for a couple of years and I'll get, I'll like break the record and maybe Tottenham will win something in those two years. doesn't really matter what. Um, because he's kind of been able to keep himself really fit the last couple of years so like he's already got what like 26 27 goals this season so just do that again for two years he'll break the record and then he can go um I just feel like I need you guys to sell me is it Nagelsmann or Nagelsmann I don't really care (laughs) I'm not into him he's whatever if it happens it happens
3: I think the thing that encouraged me the most about him is his most success was like Leipzig and I think or Leipzig however you pronounce it and I think like we need to stop pretending that we're a Bayern Munich and we need to start remembering that we're a Leipzig club. And I think he is the same as well because um, he went to Bayern Munich, obviously, after having success at Hoffenheim and Leipzig and um, did pretty well. They won the league, uh, didn't win the Champions League, obviously. Um, And since he's gone, they've been worse this season. Um, They've got out of two cups emphatically and they've had a couple of bad results in the league as well. But most of his success has been at a club where they constantly sell their best players and, like... Shop and change their club which is really where we are in the food chain so i think like i think he is you know he's a, quite a clever guy as well and i think he needs to re- he's from what it sounds like from when you read about the sort of the, the noises coming out of his campus he's kind of realized that he wants to go back to a sort of Tottenham level club as opposed to like a Bayern munich chelsea type club um, and I think because he's, you know, he's also, he's not even that much. I think he's like three years older than my mate. He's only like 34 or whatever himself. So I think he's also done a bit of soul searching. We're doing a bit of soul searching. So I think in that respect, like he's the perfect manager for us and we're the perfect club for him. Um, and I think we both need to stop pretending that we're sort of an elite Bayern Munich style. Um, or you know, we need to stop thinking that we're a Conte and Mourinho club and hire someone who's gonna be okay with, you know, selling your best players every now and then and constantly changing the squad, um, which is where he found his most success. So I think for me, he's the perfect manager because um he's perfect for a project. He plays attacking football and he's also, you know, he's he's done it all, he's won one leagues, he's won trophies and stuff. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely all for it.
4: So, what I'm getting from you, Bill, is that, and I don't want to get like Brexit about it, but you're like happy to have a young German guy, but not a young English guy?
3: Yeah, um, um, <laughs> exactly that, pretty much. We yeah. left the
4: EU for this.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah we
2: did. <laughs> On the Kane thing as well, is it fair to say that he might have realized he's run out of options because United are probably going to be in Europa League too? City aren't going to buy him, given that they've got. That big tall guy. Um, we aren't going to sell to Chelsea. We clearly Arsenal aren't going to come in for him. In terms of the Premier League, there aren't really any other options. Maybe Newcastle, but I couldn't really see leaving mm. into their meter.
3: I reckon I there's a good I'm chance like of that. I think Man United's recent form as well, like it's it's got to be working in our favour big time because it's basically a coin flip at the moment between Tottenham and Man United. But you know, a few months ago, it was looking like Man United had really sorted themselves out when they were in the FA Cup final. They just won the League Cup, and they were still in Europa. But since then, they've they've wobbled big time. They've lost their last two league games. Like going to Man United is no at the moment not really much closer to going winning the trophy than going to Tottenham. And they're certainly not what throwing like your whole legacy away for. I think the only guarantee clubs, you know in the world, which are sort of guaranteed trophies are your Man City, your Real Madrid, your Bayern Munich. Um so, you know, I don't I don't really see many options for him either. If Man City did come back in for him, um, then you know I'd wish him well there. But I don't I don't see the much difference between us and Man United at the moment. Um, especially, you know, considering their recent form. They, I mean they just lost to West Ham at the weekend. So yeah. Don't really see it either at the moment.
0: I suppose they have won a cup this season and they're in a cup final for another. But in terms of like are they going to win the title next season? They seem miles away, right? And it's not like they seem that loaded either in terms of like spending what Newcastle and Chelsea and City might be spending.
4: Yeah, it's a tricky one because I guess, because I've I've been really laughing at United and thinking, oh, well, you know, if something good was going to come out of that horrible day at Anfield, then um, at least maybe Liverpool sneaking forth from United would be really funny. But I guess they have lost like their entire central defence. So that kind of hasn't really helped. You'd have to think that once, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want them to be any good. I really like do not like Ten Hag and I, you know, firmly believe that he's a fraud, you know, and I'll bang that drum until I'm sort of hilariously proved wrong. But um, you'd have to think they'll be quite a lot better next season.
1: I think so. But we're, are we talking about Kane leaving this summer? Because I don't see that. I think the only way he leaves is on a, is on a free transfer. Like he's not going to go this summer. Like there's just like no clear
0: options. I for. just don't I just don't think Levy can, as I said earlier, I just don't think he can sort of countenance being that guy this summer when he, there is so much like anti-Levy stuff flying around in a way that it's never flown around before. I just don't know that he'd wanna put himself in that.
4: Yeah, losing position. Kane and then like having Pochettino like show up at Chelsea. Like no, you can't. No. So you can't I mean, PR your way out of that, I guess.
1: I, I hear you, but like I don't think he cares. And I I honestly don't think the Levy out thing like is even close to gaining that the required momentum that would like really affect like Levy or the ownership to like change course in any way. I think he's gonna just like continue down whatever path he chooses. Cause I just don't think he's that bothered about the opinions because it doesn't, doesn't change anything.
3: Yeah, I I agree. I don't think he's that bothered about opinions and what I actually think is what he's probably thinking is, um, and it's probably a little bit of delusion on his part, is that he's probably thinking if he keeps Kane for this year, he can probably convince him to sign a new new deal. He probably in his mind believes that we're definitely going to get the right um, director of football and the correct manager. Let's hope that we do. And then I don't think finances will be an option, um, be a problem for us. I think we we will offer Kane like probably ridiculous money I wouldn't be I mean he's on 200 what 200 grand at the moment I think we would. we could offer him you know any kind of money that he wants we could offer him like up to 300,000 a week and it'd be worth it and I think Levy would also happily do it as well like he's worth an in, you know an invaluable amount of money for us there's no you can't put a price on what he's worth so I think what we'll do we'll, we'll keep him for a year hope that we get the manager and the DOF right which Levy will back himself to do and then think see if we can convince him to resign in another year and I think that'll be Levy's plan to be honest.
2: I remember when Pep made his the Harry Kane team comment, right? And being like absolutely infuriated by it and going, get fucked. We've got Deli and we've got Son and we've got Ericsson contributing. But this season, it's true, isn't it? Really, Mm. when you look at the proportion of our goals that he's scored and the way that our defence has been a shambles, I mean, our goal difference is disgusting this season but yeah without those 26 goals in the league we would be absolutely screwed so I think you're right I don't think we can take the risk of selling him and bringing in a new even if we spend the money on a on a striker we think is going to get 20 goals a season um, there are no guarantees are there except with Harry where he gets 20 to 30 goals in the Premier League every season
0: I mean, we're also talking about his best season since 2017, 2018. So we're talking about a really bad Spurs team. But to be glass half full, if we can sort our shit out this summer and and Sonny can get back to being the guy from last season rather than this, which he has showed some signs that, you know, this season is hopefully a one off. You know, the idea of having this Harry Kane, who is this prolific, but is now also like a master playmaker and has just got that, you know, intelligence to put the ball anywhere he wants now and does seem to be sort of stepping up as a leader. Actually, like next season, I think we could be really good. I I do genuinely think we could be really, really good led by him. And hopefully, you know, he's made club captain and that gives him a bit of extra, you know, sort of extra passion to be here, perhaps. I yeah, I feel like there's no way we sell in this summer. I'm I just maybe we bring in a
2: playmaker as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, we look at the teams that are likely to go down. You could sort of pillage, you know, two or three very good players, you know, people like Madison, et cetera, from from tons of those clubs. So something to look forward to there. A good pillaging of Sad football clubs um,
4: We're so horrible Aren't we man We're like Complaining about our place In the food chain And then we're just like Yes Who <laughs> can we like be these like Gutted clubs <laughs> Yeah Just quickly Let's Can Like Kane's goal On Saturday man Where he just basically like Assisted Poro To assist him Glorious man That pass to Porro So
0: good like, He can't so leave good. us
4: Literally ever Sorry Sorry Harry
0: Um if there's one player, looking at the teams that are likely to go down, so Southampton basically gone, I reckon Leeds will go, particularly looking at their games left, and then Leicester. So if we're saying that maybe those are the three to go down, give me one player that you would take from those three teams. Rosa, who would you have?
4: Oh, shit, you've come to me first. All right, I'll come um, to you last. No, yeah, Billy? leave me. Yeah.
0: Okay, Billy, who would you, who would you take?
3: Um, I'm anticipating the answer is going to be from everyone, Madison. Um, And that would probably be my number one choice. But watching um, Southampton, Nottingham Forest last night, I just think if we did sign James Ward-Prowse and we gave him um, our set-piece coach um, plus Harry Kane in the mix, it would just be like almost infinite amount of goals. So yeah, (laughs) my my, my heart says... My head says Madison, my heart says JWP because I just think that mix of our set-piece coach would just be absolutely lethal. Um, I don't think he's like an amazing overall player, but also we need to sign more English players, et cetera. So yeah, JWP or Madison for sure.
0: All right. Uh, Tom, your pick?
2: Yeah, I've said it before. Definitely Madison. And I think we're so desperate for that kind of playmaker to to sit in behind Kane and potentially Son, I guess. Um, Yeah, he's like, Absolutely,
0: what we're missing, and also
1: English. Ash, I think Madison number one, but I also like the. Is it like Nonto Neonto who plays for like Leeds, the little winger. Yeah, yeah, Nonto, uh, yeah, I really like him, and I'd like love to see a player like that at Spurs if we can't get Madison.
0: Likewise, yeah, I think yeah him sort of learning from son on the left wing would be would be really nice and have a sort of son succession plan um I also really like Harvey Barnes, um if we're talking about left wingers um who's 20 he's 25 though, not that that's old old, but I was like, oh 21 year old prospect harvey barnes and he's he's twenty five. Madison's 26, which stuck up on me as well um I actually am
4: amazed that Madison is that young. I feel like he's been around oh, really? forever. Yeah. He
0: kind of has, isn't he? Yeah. I just, in my, you know, some players are just like prospects for the longest <laughs> yeah. time. And then like, suddenly like they're Like Walcott,
4: speaking of other um, about to be <laughs> relegated players.
0: <laughs> who would you have Rosa come on uh, I don't know
4: man I'm just like I'm literally just looking at Southampton squad right now because I feel like we should kind of balance it out I was like does anyone uh, have any good defenders but like Bella, Bella Kutchuk's good he's good uh, that's what I was going to say because a good is, name you yeah. is a player Basically, those, those I was like I recognise those names so they have, seem good there's 18 as um, well and, and also and a
3: Belgian
4: a as well. so we like Belgians um, yeah I'd yeah those two sound good to me um yeah, how? my own. My Sorry, only thing race. was just like, are there any good defenders because we really need them. But relegated teams don't typically have good defenders, I guess. So that's a that's a big fat no.
3: If we didn't Show have Palace aren't getting relegated
4: because it'd be good. Yeah. yeah.
3: If we didn't have eight hundred right backs, um Walker Peters would be a good sign in. But <laughs> I think we're we're, pre- we're pretty stocked in that area. <laughs> um,
0: how are you all feeling about the Europa race? I mean, Brighton obviously slipped up. They've still got. Uh, They've got Newcastle, they've got City and they've got Arsenal and then they have Southampton at home. So they'll win that, but they will uh, have to go to Aston Villa last day of the season, which is also sort of reasonably handy for us. Um, So they'll probably get at least, I reckon, I guess, well, who knows? But maybe if they get six points, then we would need to win two more because that would create a sort of eight point gap because they're only two points behind us. So are we going to win the two games we probably need to finish sixth? How how are you all feeling about it? Ash, what are we going to do? We've got, obviously, Villa away, Brentford at home, Leeds away. Six points out of those, enough, do you reckon? And will we get them?
1: It's enough. I don't really know. I, I don't know what to expect
0: or think. It's, I'm just really <laughs> confused. Like... I got to... Villa feels massive, doesn't it? Because I think Palace at home was like a good sort of reset game. They had a week, you know, training. You're at home, Palace are on a good run, but probably came to Spurs feeling a bit like, oh, this is kind of a free hit. We'll just go and play and see what happens. Villa are obviously gunning for Europe. They're right with it. Us, we've been terrible away from home. This feels like the big, big Ryan Mason test.
1: Yeah, and I want to stop Villa
0: because like they're just getting
1: too big for their boots. And... I remember like when Emery went on that like Arsenal run that was like 20 games unbeaten and it like fell apart and this he's gone on this run now and then they've like lost and I'm hoping that's going to be the beginning of the end for like the Villa resurgence. so it is a massive test and maybe listen maybe like Rose is right and like Mason's like a tactical genius and just like schools Emery
0: Um, maybe I've got it wrong.
4: You have. You obviously have Ash. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is anyone feeling confident about the villa game? Because I feel really, really, really scared that we're gonna get run over again. Um Billy, how are you feeling about it?
3: Yeah, I think we'll win it, to be honest. Um they have hit a bit of a wobble they lost the last two games. And we're we're pretty decent there, to be fair, Villa Park. We have a pretty good record there. Um and I just I just yeah, you know, I just think like we're we were a team that just desperately needed to go back to basics and I think Mason has done that. And I just mm. think like the form that Kane is in at the moment, he's like those three teams that we've got. You know, we should beat all three of them with with Kane in the kind of form that he's in, to be honest. So yeah, I do think we'll beat them. If we'd have, you know played them a few weeks ago when they were right hot on confidence, um, I think we'd have struggled, but they've lost the last two. Um and Kane just seems to be in that kind of doing it himself form at the moment where he's just pretty much winning every game single handedly. So um yeah, I think we'll beat him.
2: Famous last words, but Watkins has gone quite quiet, hasn't he? Um they all have. Yeah. They've
0: not scored in two games, villano
2: Other times I don't know, seen... I don't know why I said
0: that out loud. I'm just yeah. uh...
2: <laughs> other times I've seen them this season, they've been brilliant. I'm still furious they didn't beat Arsenal in that game where the refs oh. played, kept playing until Arsenal scored the winner in the 98th minute. Um, but yeah, the generally, the Brighton result against Everton, Brighton getting absolutely smashed to Everton, changes everything. And then their running is just so hard, isn't it, Brighton? So, oh, I just can't face the Conference League. Um, it would be like so depressing. So, Tom, would
0: you prefer to finish eighth rather than seventh? If we can't just, finish 6th and we'll just be out of it entirely.
2: Yeah, and just... Focus on pretty much one game a week uh, mm. and being really good at that. Yeah, the oh, the conference last time was so depressing in a <laughs> like not even half full stadium against the most random fucking teams ever.
0: Well, we didn't even manage to complete the group stage, which I'd almost forgotten that we got chucked out of it. Like just
4: that was the best thing about it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
2: we didn't get knocked out technically.
4: Yeah. We
0: just like we sort of almost like excused ourselves, didn't we? We just told Ren we that we don't really play, want this, yeah. And then UEFA were like, "Oh, well, you're out then." Like you can't just not. we were like, play. "Oh no,
4: please, don't make us <laughs> leave." Actually, I've changed my mind about Conference League l- since um, listening to what Kane had to say about it, where he was like, "It's actually, it's you know, it's another trophy, and we should go for it." So I'm up for it actually, and I think it could potentially be fun. Like whatever manager we have, I think it was just. It was a real buzzkill last time because of Nuno, but I've got, I just feel more confident, even though I'd like, it's not going to be Mason, but I think we will have like a fun manager. And I think that'll make it fun. Um, But I'm also, I love, and like now I like love the existence of the Conference League because it's made Europa, the Europa League attractive for the first time in my existence. So I really want this. And my new theory about it, watching Brighton absolutely blow up at home to Everton (laughs) has made me sort of my new theory about the rest of the season is it's just going to be like the teams who've done it before doing it again. So City Mm. are like the title is ours um, because we know how to do it. And I know Liverpool, we're like, Liverpool
0: as well. Like exactly. well, they've got six, six games in a row they've won now. They're just exactly. like going they're into all types They're pilot. suddenly like,
4: actually we're just gonna do this. And yeah. I think um, I know we're like chaos and you know, a comedy club and all of that, but actually we do know how to finish top six. Mm. So I just I think we'll do it and I am like I'm quite confident about Villa as well.
0: Okay, um, good. This is Tony yeah. me I'm, I'm going right. to give
4: you a score prediction as well. Look at well, that! That was my crazy. next thing.
0: Yeah, score <laughs> predictions quickly, Rosa.
3: Three-one to us. All right, Billy. Yeah, I think we'll win a one-nil with a hurricane header. Um, okay, his eleventh um, header uh, of the
0: season. Isn't it amazing? No, by the way, is it all
4: but, right? Should we be worried about him?
3: In it's the like,
4: future. Actually, is, how... this the, is this the problem? Is this why he wants to stay? <laughs> actually
3: yeah, the headers, which I'll get God. the fact that headers. he scored
0: more headers in one season than Duncan Ferguson ever managed is like blowing my mind. That can't be real. It's insane. <laughs> um, Tom, your prediction? Uh, three-two,
1: more chaos, but we win.
0: Lovely stuff, Ash. I'll just say two
1: one. I always say two one Spurs. <laughs> Eventually I'll get it right.
0: I'm gonna say five three to Spurs. Why not? Just pure, like absolute chaos. Um, but we go five nil up and then we let in three goals sort of really in rapid succession towards the end, and we all have a bit of a scary five minutes, but it's fine. That's my prediction. Um, speaking of scary moments, um to get into Very that, nice. time, Very that was nice. good, isn't it? Skillful. Um mm-hmm. Spurs women are facing the most terrifying couple of weeks of their um well, probably ever in terms of importance. Um, two games left, Rosa. Is it? It's, no, it's three. Is it two or three? It's two. Two games left. One of which is Saturday week at the stadium, um, and then it's the final game away at West Ham the week after that. If I'm right, mm-hmm. basically we have to win against bottom club Reading at in the double header um, after the Brentford game. If we win that, we're fine, right? If we don't win that, argh.
4: um, We might even be all right with a draw, actually, um, because then we're still three points ahead of Reading. So even if they win their last game and we lose ours, I think goal difference is enough to keep us up. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be in a position of trying to see out a draw, with the way that we have been playing lately. So um, I think we'll just have to go all out and try to win. Um, like theoretically, it should be okay because Reading are really, really, really bad. They
2: got mm.
4: thrashed at home by Villa at the weekend 5 0. And we actually managed to draw with Villa. So you would think, you know, based on that, it'd be all right. But
0: they've fallen off a cliff, Reading. They they started they reasonably a- well.
4: Apparently, like I didn't realise this, but I think there's been like sort of quite a lot of kind of behind the scenes, maybe not drama, but I think they're paying the price now for sort of a lack of investment. Because I think, because they've always been in the WSL, I think they've been quite Mm. a big women's team traditionally, but it's all kind of gone to pieces, basically. So I think that's why, which is kind of really sad for them, but good for us, I guess. Um, I just... I think if we do it, it's literally just going to be because of Beth England's goals. I can't see. Mm. Like, I've sort of given up on... We played really well in that draw against Villa. And then when I went to the stadium to see us play against Brighton, um, whenever it was the week before last, we were so poor, man. We were just so poor. And we looked really frightened. um, Like, Leicester had just won. But you could see that the fact that they'd won... Had kind of given like Brighton some energy and they were just gonna go for it. And we looked absolutely terrified instead. And we were quite not sort of lucky to get a draw, but like we could have, I mean, we could have won. We could it was one of those games that we could have won it, we could have lost it. Um so by the end, I was quite relieved that we we left with just a draw, but we should have we should have been going all out to win and we didn't, and that's really kind of worrying to me and then we went to United last weekend and lost 3-0 and like the result you know that wasn't unexpected but it was like we just kind of went to lose basically the way like the manager was talking about it beforehand as if it was like a free hit um, didn't matter and it was just like okay fine it doesn't matter but it mm. in, when you're in a relegation fight every game matters yeah. so you can't act as if it's just is nothing and then she kind of took um, she took Ash Neville out because um, she was she's one booking away from a suspension. And then um, Evelina Simonon was out as well. And I don't know why that was, whether it was a similar situation or possibly a slight injury. Um, so you'd have to think that she'll come back. So I sort of, you know, in the way of kind of trying to manage the squad, I understood it, but I don't think just kind of giving up on a game mm. before you've even gone is, it's, it's just, it doesn't set a great, it doesn't give anybody any confidence, basically. So it means we're going into this game and I feel probably more frightened than I should be because I think like we're quite bad, but reading are worse. But it's not out of it's kind of not beyond the realms of possibility that they could get like a
0: yeah, you know a free like result. A,
4: they and could, do yeah. Feel, do you
0: feel like it's a good obviously it's the first double header at the stadium? The men play first and the women afterwards. Yeah. Like. I'd I'd be really intrigued to see how many people stick around, um, you know, what the vibe is from those that do stay. Is everyone going, by the way, to at least the Brentford game? I mean, it's it's my... Couple of days after my birthday, so I've got full license to be out all day. So I'm So you're gonna do are you to, gonna do the whole thing? I'm gonna see, do I don't even know again. how it
4: works. Like, does everyone who got a Brentford yeah, ticket just if you've get got,
0: yeah, you get to just stay for the But day. then
4: what does that mean for people who who were just gonna go to the women's game? Like
0: <laughs> God knows.
4: This is the thing, I don't uh, I really I don't know, man. Like I just I don't think they've thought it through at all, the club. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm quite, go to I'm quite the- worried about it.
2: <laughs> I've got a ticket for the Brentford game, but what perturbs me a bit is that the men's game kicks off at twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. Men's game kick. Uh, the women's game
4: kicks off at four fifteen or four thirty. Yeah, four fifteen. Yeah.
2: So uh, it's a kind of full seven hours in the stadium or something. <laughs> Six seven hours in the stadium. The
0: gap. The gap feels a bit too big to hope that enough people are going to stay around. I reckon, and they're not just going to like go for a drink in the stadium. People
2: do yeah, not, like... not to be cynical, but there's you know does he just want a captive uh, beer beer drinking audience for for as long as possible? You know, I don't know. I, I guess it's to do with the kickoff times, but that's a long gap between the two games. Mm. Just, um, I not... guess
4: after the men's game, there's going to be the sort of parading around bit like oh so yeah. that. Jesus, I can't
0: believe her at that point. I mean, I can not believe her at that point the season's been going on for years. But yeah,
4: you're like, oh my God, finally we're here. Yeah. Um and we still can't sleep peacefully because it's still not fucking sorted at the top of the table yet. Um I yeah, I'm really worried about it to be honest. I don't want to be this is the thing. I'm I just I don't want to be negative about it. But I just I don't I don't know what they're thinking. Do so they think that everyone's just gonna stay and then what you'll just have like thousands of like pissed up men cheering on the women I don't know mate. well they did do I, it before I'm... they did
0: it for the when there was a North London Derby pre-season friendly they didn't didn't they do a North London Derby double header friendly thing oh, did they? at the stadium did it work but no one <laughs> stayed for the women's game and right. I feel like you almost have to do it the other way I don't know do you do it the other way round so that but then people wouldn't get there early so I don't
1: know I think people I would
0: get there early because they're there anyway
4: They'd be more likely to. This is yeah. it, I yeah. think. Yeah,
0: because for a lot of people, the travel up to Tottenham means that you watch the game, you maybe go for a quick drink afterwards, but then you have to sort of set off on quite a long journey home. So, I don't know. And yeah, what what about the people that have like season tickets for Spurs women, but not the men? Yeah. I don't know. Or, like what I, if I, I just never... also,
4: like what if I, because I was just going to go to the women's game. So,
0: mm. what if I... Well, you can't, Rosa. Yeah,
4: I can't, basically. I can't. Like, if <laughs> I can't, yeah. So if I don't want to get a ticket, I don't know. I just... It's not great. I don't think, I think it's all very, I just hopefully it will be okay. But I just, I don't really want to be hoping anymore. And I'm not.
0: Yeah. It's this very, very, not it feels very high risk, is not it? It's it feels really... very high risk. And, and they've not, I don't be... think they've
4: thought it through. Mm um and i just, just not... need to
0: they just need to get to the end of this godforsaken season even more than the men don't they like this they just need to somehow ride it out the next couple of weeks and they just see do,
4: but i think it could have been really i think they could have made some noise around the fact that um what they really the women really need support and i just think there's so much shame for some reason around the the fact that the women are not doing very well or we don't get enough fans. And it's almost like they don't want to draw attention to it. And it's just like, actually just tell people that they need to be there. This is important. And if they don't think mm-hmm. it's important, then they won't show up. That's fine. But I just, I don't really think anybody should be embarrassed about it. I mean, the club should be embarrassed about fucking it up, but yeah. Maybe know. they'll
0: just, um, maybe they'll just lock the doors. And yeah. no one will be allowed to leave after the men's game. And, and I won't be able to
4: get kind of- in. Will it let me in? <laughs> I just want to see the women just want to see Beth England one more time please um Um, yeah
0: right let's talk about something that we do enjoy watching let's talk about our culture picks for this week to round us off um Billy what have you seen at the cinema mate
3: um I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 which is absolutely amazing to be honest like I haven't really stopped thinking about it since oh wow Um, why is it so good (laughs) it's so it's like the it's a weird thing for marvel because it's like the last of the trilogy and it's also the last james gunn film it's it's a bit of a weird situation because obviously he's just literally moved on to be head of dc so it's like his last Mm. marvel film but oh man this is such a good film and um if you've seen the other guardians of galaxy like the the, it's obviously famous for its needle drops there is one i'm not gonna i won't spoil it and name the song but you might have seen it on twitter It's, it's been doing the person whose song it is was watching it in the cinema and started crying um and um, there is one specific needle drop in this film which really, really got to me. Um, yeah, so I was really, really impressed with it. And um, the other thing that I've been watching as well is Colin from Accounts, which is a Australian comedy on BBC iPlayer, and it's all on iPlayer, and is absolutely amazing. I've only seen actually seen the first episode, but I'm like, I can't wait to to watch the second one tonight. And um, it's really it's one of those weird ones. It's called Colin from Accounts, so you don't really realise why until the end, which again I won't spoil. But it's not about a guy called Colin, and it's not about anyone who works in accounts, but you will see why it's called that by the end of the episode, so yeah, and that's just like, it's one of the funniest comedies I've seen in ages, it reminds me a lot of um, Catastrophe, which is a show that I really, really like, Um, and it's actually written by a husband and wife in Australia, Um, I've only seen one episode, but it's about sort of uh, um, two people who find themselves being drawn together due to a certain situation, and yeah, it's like the funniest thing I've seen in ages, so... Highly recommend those two things, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and um, Colin from Accounts, even though it's not about someone calling from Accounts.
0: Nice one. That is definitely on our list. I feel like the amount of people who I trust uh, implicitly are recommending me Colin from Accounts. I feel like it's like the sort of adult partner show to Bluey somehow, maybe because it's just yeah, Australian. It yeah. seems to sort of have the same warm vibes um, from yeah, what I'm hearing. Definitely. Okay, good, good. Um, Ash, what have you been up to culturally, mate?
1: Um, I've listened to two albums, like the first by this new artist called Jim Legacy, which is really good and like everyone seems to be like talking about him like young kid from South London. Um, and apparently he's been like doing a lot of production, the background for Jack Harlow. And that's the second album that I've been listening to a lot, which I never thought I'd recommend, but it's like I thought Jack Harlow was just like really poppy rapper, mm. but it's just basically just sounds like he's picked like loads of beats that like Common would pick. It's like a really soulful like rap album, and I've been listening to like that a lot. It's real. I really, really recommend that.
0: He's about to be in White Men Can't Jump, the reboot of that, isn't he? Yeah, apparently. So that yeah. feels like a shame, um, <laughs> but okay, I'll let him off that. If this album is as good as you say, and I'm gonna, I yeah, again, people have been. Sort of surprisingly, or pleasantly surprised rather, in how decent that is. So I'll gonna give that a go as well. Nice one, mate. Um, Rosa,
4: um, I'm just sold on anyone from South London, as you know. That's exciting. I'm gonna follow that up. Um, I read a novel by Siri Hustvedt the other day called "The Summer My Summer with, The Summer Without Men." Yes, "The Summer Without Men," um, which I sort of weirdly picked up in like a rage a few weeks ago. I think there was like a whole spate of like really horrible sexual assault stories in the media. And I was like, where are novels or like artworks where there were no men? And it was just like right there in front of me. And I thought, Oh, I'll give that a read. Um, it doesn't, it's, that's not really how it kind of plays out at all. It's about this uh, woman who has a breakdown after her husband leaves her. And then she goes to stay near her mother who lives in a retirement home and then makes friends with this younger mother next door who has two small children and teaches po- a poetry class to these sort of preteen girls. So, yeah, I guess loads of women in it at different stages of their life. And it's quite slow to start, but man, it is so kind of thoughtful and funny and wise and I really loved that she's obviously a person who pays attention to other people and specifically like knows what it's like to hang out with small children because of the funny things that they do and the funny things that they say. Um Siri Husvet in herself is also like an incredible person. She's a polymath. She kind of she writes and she talks about art and poetry and I've read some of her essays as well and I'm sort of in this zone right now where i'm kind of half tempted to just go track her down in new york and say can i be your disciple do you mind would that be weird so yeah (laughs) she's she's just incredible maybe i'll just read everything else she's written instead
0: the campaign begins here for you to um, become her sort of
4: why not like they must you know need people right
0: absolutely absolutely um tom
2: uh, yeah, if you're not watching Race Across the World, go and watch that now because the last episode <laughs> was genuinely so beautiful and, uh, yeah, quite kind of life-affirming as these uh, this reality show and these contestants travel across Canada. I also uh, really like the solo material from uh, Grian from Fontaine's DC. He's got a solo album coming very soon. There's two tracks from it at the moment uh, that are already out. Grian Chatten very... Kind of a bit more stripped back and folky, but still very Irish. Um and- I, lo-
0: I love the fact, by the way, that pretty much anyone who fronts a rock band when they do a solo album, it's just basically like what the band does, but a little bit more folky.
2: Yeah, just, just sort of <laughs> a bit more acoustic. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's such a good lyricist and those tracks are great. And then I watched Rye Lane, um, which was out at the cinema like two weeks ago and then Disney Plus have bought. And it's so good. I mean, I live in South London. You spot a thousand locations if you if you spend time in South London. Um, and it's, uh, yeah, the two leads are brilliant. It's a rom-com essentially, but it, there's kind of the writing. It's quite rude in parts and uh, the writing is excellent. The leads are very good and there is some lovely music from quez and uh Santa's on the on the soundtrack as well it's so good it's on disney plus and it's 80 minutes long
4: um <laughs> save just, the best for last yes is that <laughs> not like
0: is that not too short for a movie i'm just gonna no, play devil's fun. avocado here but is that not like no that's just like an hour's telly and change that doesn't no, seem like a perfect. movie no, okay, it's
2: absolutely right. ideal, especially for a rom-com. Come on, like, yeah, that's true. And rom-coms shouldn't be over 90 minutes long. No way.
0: All right. All right. I just, I don't know, 80 minutes? I don't know if I'm that's getting my That's how long worth. films used to be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like,
4: like, yeah, I'm that's sure, true. Like, especially like old school rom-coms, definitely. Yeah. yeah. We watched them. Don't, um, don't need any more time. Are you in watched... love or not? The end.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we watched Splash. Uh, over the weekend, the Tom Hanks, Daryl right, Hannah, right. Mermaid—oh,
4: absolute classic—which
0: turns out was way too rude to watch with a four and a half-year-old. Don't know what I was thinking. Get the get the social services round. Not appropriate. But that's—I think that's like eighty-five minutes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe you're right. Um, and they had a whole lot of story to tell in that. She's a bloody mermaid, so you know. Oh, um, classic! Just that in. Such a good film, like, although hasn't aged particularly well in certain places John Candy can imagine, plays yeah. Tom Hanks's brother not only upskirts girls in flashback scenes to when there are children but also as an adult at a wedding um, and it's just oh, like the 80s. Sort of, it's just I a kind of like is. funny light-hearted thing that he does for, for sports really.
2: similarly isn't it is it big where Tom Hanks tries to shag his mum <laughs> Isn't that like, isn't that also like all all of that? that That's just great tragedy. It hasn't aged like that whole era of um, kind of. I thought, I mean, let's not even go down like free and
4: pink or any of that. Yeah, it's all pretty.
0: Yeah. Um, Anyway, yeah, but splash isn't my recommendation, although I would. Uh, recommend a rewatch did you put it on because you
4: were like oh Dale loves mermaids this will be fun yeah
0: I can't remember it was there was a lot of mermaid chat in our household over the weekend for some reason and she was like we we get a lot of that what films had mermaids in and for some reason I was like oh splash and then turned it on and was like oh my god and she was like (laughs) she said um, oh they they really they really kiss for a long time don't they (laughs) why don't why don't you and mummy kiss for that long (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I just went because of you two that's why we don't kiss for very long we're,
4: we're done that's, when that, am that's... I supposed
0: <laughs> to kiss anyway this is getting off topic um uh what, <laughs> what
4: <laughs> that was that was just an amazing little window thank yeah, you yeah
0: that's my my household <laughs> um Good Lies by Over Mono is out on Friday and it's I think one of the best electronic albums that has come out of this country or these, these aisles because they're Welsh um years it is so good this album is like a proper album as well it's got peaks and troughs and bangers and then moments where the space is allowed to shine through it's just unbelievably good and they are lovely lovely blokes the two russell brothers um and i think he's going to do really really well so i'd absolutely listen to that when it comes out on friday um really excited about that um and you have to watch Jury Duty. I know Tom, you've started watching Jury Duty. Um has anyone have else I, started yeah, yet? Yeah. Oh you've, yeah. you've yeah. I got Rosie, I've, you have as well. Okay.
4: Two and a half episodes in and then I yeah, I had to go to bed. But um, okay. yeah, it's very, very charming and funny.
0: It's just a joy, isn't it? And James Marsden is I I know I wanged on about James Marsden last Look, time. he's just
4: elite. We could do a whole podcast about him.
0: I just he's just such a lovely, swoony, wonderful sort of disney prince of a man um i adore and him
4: one day he's going to get to be in a film where he is the prince that wins yeah somebody yeah. do it please
3: there's he's a been great the other guy we'll so to, uh, often
0: there's some we'll great lines of... over
3: the eternals which is pretty shocking bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i think um i think there's a few films in his oeuvre that he himself <laughs> would rather gloss over at this point um He's, he's he's amazingly self-deprecating in fact about a lot of his career choices in Jury Duty um, some great bits about Sonic um,
4: does he anyway. burst into a song at any point uh, I feel like that's a missed opportunity I don't
0: know if not. I'm not I'm not. not gonna say either way you, okay. need, to, you okay. need to watch yeah. it to the end um, those are my picks um, and that was episode 30 of season 2 of Hometown Glory thank you very much all for participating in our full group chat um wonderfully entertaining to have us all back together Um, yeah that was a load of fun Um, good luck I was going to say good luck to Spurs women for their huge game but we've actually got a week before that so good luck to Spurs men as you travel to Birmingham please don't embarrass yourself in an away game Tottenham just once just be normal Um, Billy see us home please
3: up the Spurs